0: Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, his gospel, and what living life in his kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed.
1: Hey, what have we been talking about for the la- over two months? The word union, and really just been enjoying talking about what union is and what it means to us. If you brought your instruction manuals today, let's look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We've been talking about this word union, and so I'm just going to dive in today. I'm trying to figure out that's all so good. Let's look at Romans 6 verse 3 again. Romans 6 and 3. And Stephen, man, I'm going to just be hitting some stuff really quick and just moving on along we'll see where we end up. Romans 6, 3. Do you not know that as many as of us were baptized into Christ Jesus were also baptized into his what? Watch this. Say, I was dipped. Say, I was immersed. Say, I was submerged into his death. Why? Why, Why death? Why? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into his what? Death. I was buried with Christ through what? Baptism into his what? Death. Well, man, I don't want to be in his death. I want to be in his life. No, but the way to his life is through the door of death. There would be no empty tomb had there not been a cross. I'm going to throw this Bible all the way back at you, Derek Brock, in the back of that room. I said there would be no empty tomb had there not been a what? I've um, got to open my Bible back up because I closed it. There, it brought, there you go. That, verse four, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, what raised him from the dead? It was the glory of his Father, Jesus. Even so, you and I should also walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united, everybody say union, If we have been united together in the likeness of his death, and by the way, that is not a question. That is a truth statement in eternity. If we have been united together in the likeness of his death, and we were, then certainly, everybody say certainly. Certainly. Then certainly we shall also be united, watch this, in the likeness of his what? Resurrection. To the same degree that you and I were immersed into his death, to that same degree you and I will partake in the resurrection. Jesus. Verse six, everybody say this, say, knowing this. The problem is we don't know this. Listen, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Now, some of y'all married him, but I'm going to keep right on going here. Our old man, that has nothing to do with age. That old man is Adam. <laughs> Adam like thinking. Right. Somebody give me another name for old man. Just throw something at me. Come on, Teresa. What's what old man? When you say Adam, what, what comes to mind? Geezer. What? Geezer? Geezer? Now. <laughs> <I, laughs> you don't get no more. You don't get to talk no more. You just you sell t shirts before service, Aaron. That's what you do. T- <laughs> You got one for me, Teresa, old oh, man? A bib- another, throw a biblical name at me. I'm going to say this, and she'll know what I'm talking about. I was going to say flesh. Adam? Old man, what's that? Unsanctified flesh? Saul? Adam? Unsanctified flesh? Old man? What, old me? There's a lot of names for it. What did Paul call it? Crucify the deeds of the flesh. like he. So this is that man. This is that man. Now, now watch this now. This is, this is good to me. Certainly we shall all be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. This is interesting. Why? So that the body of sin might be done away with. So you crucified our old man so that the body or the power of sin might be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves to it. Mm. For the person who has died has been free from what? Well, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? Notice in the context of scripture, the progression is you have to die in order to what? Live. Die, then live. Cross, empty tomb. For he who has died has been freed from what? Sin. Knowing this, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, he ain't never dying anymore. Death no longer has dominion over Jesus. And if it doesn't have dominion over Jesus, guess who it also doesn't have dominion over? Because of union, that is true. When we read scripture, I'm teaching already, when when we read scripture about Jesus, you shouldn't never just see Jesus. You should also see you in Jesus. His death wasn't just his death on the cross. By the way, when you see me worship, I've been doing this for years, man. I get moved when I'm worshiping and I remember that what? cross and I remember that empty tomb in that ascension when you read about the cross it's not just the cross of Christ whose cross is it also it's ours this is the gospel when you hear of Jesus coming out of a tomb it wasn't just his tomb when Jesus came out who else came out now I can go old school preaching I can, I can get me an organ and uh, put my hand, y'all, listen, I'm this old in church. Y'all know what it's about for a preacher to put his hand over his ear. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't even know. Some of y'all know. Some of y'all know. Some of y'all know. And you can hoop it out and make it any way you want it. I don't care if you sit down and just read it out of the scripture. The gospel is true because it's powerful and it's powerful because it's true. Jesus coming out of a tomb was not just him coming out when he came out. Matthew came out. Peter came out. Come on. Teresia came out. Sean came out. Horace came out. Come on, Bree came out. Ben came out. Why? Because of union. Because union says, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. That is not even in the scripture. Have a personal relationship with Jesus. You know something else that's not even in the scripture? You have a, you have, Jesus is your personal Savior that is nowhere in the Scripture. But you know what is all in the Scripture? He's the Savior of all mankind. For God so loved the whole world that he sent his only begotten Son. For God is not willing that none should perish. He is not a personal Savior. He is an all-consuming Savior. And that when he died and when he rose, the reason the gospel is powerful, friend, it is God saying, I choose to identify with you even when you could not even identify with me. And by way of union, I am becoming everything you are, all of your fears, all of your phobias, all of your insecurities, all of your deficiencies, all of your false humilities, all of your religiousness. I'm consuming everything that you are and I'm pulling it into myself. Why? Because I'm fixing to end your old man. Everything that Adam unleashed on the cosmos in a garden. I'm fixing to undo everything Adam did. And I'm going to set things right again, meaning righteous. What Adam messed up in a garden... I'm going to get it back in a garden. The same way Adam gave birth to his bride out of his side in a garden, I'm going to give birth to mine on a tree. Pierce my side, if you will, and let blood and water come out because everybody knows, every woman knows at birth what comes out blood and water. I'm giving birth to something. Her name will not be called Eve. She will be the Ecclesia she will be known as the bride of Christ. And by way of union, Adam ran from the presence of his father when he sinned. (laughs) It's amazing what sin will make you do. But now because of union, I don't have to run from the presence of a loving father. Now because of union, I get to run to that presence. Watch it. Adam in a garden sinned and separation hit the planet. Jesus in a garden, chiefly Gethsemane, from there led to a cross, just crushed this idea of separation. He said, I came to give you reconciliation. I'm bringing you back to a father via union. Yes. Well, I wasn't there. I wasn't there when Jesus died 2,000 years ago. This is my dilemma. Do you know Paul never met Jesus in the flesh? But yet he wrote in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. But you never met him, Paul. You weren't even there. No, but I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I what? Live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Paul, by way of revelation, understood that when jesus was on a cross it was the great union happening it was the great uniting of literally divinity if you will deity if you will god himself becoming like us in every capacity and he saw himself as being a part of that and so he wrote to rome these pagans and he says you were buried with christ through baptism And the boy, could have stopped and he wrote, and also, he was raised from the dead by the glorious Father. And likewise, you by way of resurrection, you walk in the newness of life. And Paul starts pinning these revelations about union to the church at Rome. And he says, the way to really be free from sin is to die. You can put the grossest addict of any sort you, chose to, you choose to pick. You can put a meth addict. You can put a cocaine addict. You can put a cigarette addict. You can put an alcohol addict in a, in, a, in a coffin, and you can wave that particular substance in front of his face. He will not move. Do you know why? That's a big revelation. No. He won't move because he's dead. The way to be free from something is recognize you died to it. Yeah, but I haven't died. I'm still alive. No, 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 no. By way of union, we have died. I don't feel dead. The Bible doesn't care about your feelings. Truth is truth, whether you feel it or not. I've said oftentimes, there's times I don't feel married, but I got a covenant that says I'm married. I rely on the truth, watch this, until my feelings catch up. Listen. 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 You live in truth until your feelings catch up. Well, what if they don't? Keep living in truth. Keep living in truth. Your feelings change in a moment. It's going to be a bad day. It's raining. I'm in a bad mood. Oh, no, the sun's out. No, I'm in a good mood. Somebody gave me some money. I'm in a good mood. I just got a flat time away to work. I'm in a bad mood. Feelings are so fickle. But truth, truth is constant through the ages. Listen to what Paul goes on to say. The death that Jesus died, he died to sin once. For who? Oh. This is I'm just in the Bible. When Adam sinned, how many people were affected by his actions? All. Oh. So here's what Paul got by way of revelation. He says, do you think that your father is going to let Satan or Adam outdo what he's going to do? If you think that Adam's disobedience would affect all, what in the world do you think is going to happen when the God man, the lamb man, Yeshua by name would come? If Adam's if Adam's ungodly deed affected all what do you think is going to happen by the righteous obedience of the son of God who's his death going to affect all yeah but brother what about those who didn't say the prayer all which by the way we made that up that ain't even in the Bible either I'm just that's nowhere in church history I just want to release that to you and bless you with it in Jesus name Paul says the death of Jesus will cause ripple effects throughout all eternity. If you think what Adam did affected every man, then let me bring you into the revelation, he says, of the gospel. The death that Jesus died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He now lives to God. To God, watch this, verse eleven of Romans six. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God because of union through Christ Jesus, your Lord. Everybody say reckon. reckon. Now, my dad used to use the term all the time growing up. Y'all gonna go out to eat? He said, I reckon. <laughs> I remember asking my dad that one. I, I used to get three whoopings every Sunday. Three whoopings, mm-hmm. whoopings. We didn't get time out. Not in my house. We got whoopings. We got a whooping before church, one in church, and one after church. <laughs> it was part of our church culture. Well, I get whoopings for everything. We would lay up under the pews and laugh at people shouting whooping, whooping. <laughs> whoopin'. Church go too long? We complain about it. Whooping. There's whoopings for everything. And then I would get home, dad would say, I'm going to whoop you for making me whooping you at church. I'm like, come on, man. You're going to whoop me for making you whoop me at church. i never forget one time, true story, i never forget one time, I knew my dad was, was upset because he started speaking King James. <coughs> Thou should have, dad, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> just, like, just go, oh, King James. i never forget one time, my dad said, I'm going to whoop you. And I said, but I... I I just woke up. I haven't even done anything. You woke me last night before I went to bed. I haven't even done anything today. He said, no, but the Lord showed me what you was going to do. Like, come on. <laughs> if you got that much prophetic insight, you got to have some mercy. I'm like, that's in the Bible. Mercy. I go Clint Brown. I need your mercy. I need your grace. <laughs> no, what you need, son. Is like, Anyway, that's what my dad would do. Watch this. Watch this. Therefore... He says, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. Reckon in his time, it, well, really the same way. It's a numbers term. It's a CPA term. Reckon yourself to be dead. When the books are settled, I'm balancing out everything. What you have to do now is you have to reckon yourself to be dead. Well, what does that mean? You know what? Well, I don't feel dead to sin. Once again, has nothing to do with feelings. You have to know the truth. Because feelings will change with the wind. But truth, the scripture says, truth shall endure throughout all generations. Reckon yourself today to sin. I know when I'm, this is me, this is Joshua. Drop the title. I know when I am tempted to sin. (gasps) Pastor, you get tempted to sin? Are you kidding me? You get tempted to sin? Maybe it's what happens to you in traffic. Maybe it's what happens to you at work when you're in your cubicle and she walks by. Maybe it's what happens when you and your spouse get into, I call them passionate conversations, unsanctified folks call them arguments, whatever. You pick your thing. You pick your thing. He says, when the opportunity to sin arises, you know what you're supposed to do? The thing that helps you live beyond it? He says, reckon yourself dead to it. Because dead people, (laughs) dead people don't move when that old thing comes in front of them. And I'm going to tell you what I did for years. This is what I did for years. I just say my weakness is cheeseburger, Chick-fil-A. Let me just Chick-fil-A. I'm trying to quit eating Chick-fil-A I look at uh, I love Teresa because she posts these amazing things on Facebook all the time about these meals she cooked but she'll never bring me none of them but. so I just on there, I imagine what it tastes like it's like it's like 1230 in the morning I'm like there's Teresa again <laughs> talking about what her and Horace done worked up on here and I'm starving here all right now I'm gonna go eat some Frosted Flakes like just I, I, I love Chick-fil-A and Jesus does too, but if I'm trying to quit eating Chick-fil-A, if I'm trying to quit eating Chick-fil-A and you wave it in front of my face and that is my temptation, like realistically in my body, in this flesh that I'm wearing, do I want it? I can smell the grease in it. I imagine that Chick-fil-A sauce like drizzling over it, but I think about it so long, like I'm watering the appetite for it in my mind. I'm just like, man, I I really want this. But, you know, I, I have to tell myself, I reckon I'm dead to it. I reckon. I reckon. If you wait, watch this, if you wait till you feel like you don't want it before you don't partake of it, you will always miss the boat. You can't wait until you don't get tempted to say, I'm dead to it. No, 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 no. You're dead to sin. You are 100% as dead to sin right now as you will ever be. You're thinking, nope, because you don't know what just crossed my mind. No, I'm telling you. The truth is, your old man died 2,021 years ago on a cross on Golgotha's hill. Yeah, but he lingers around. He is dead. That's the truth. Where is the dilemma? Paul says, you have not been reckoning yourself as dead. He says, knowing this. So for years, I tried to live the new life without understanding I was dead. Now, should we pray that Jesus remove all temptation from us? I want to tell you something. That ain't in the Bible either. You know what is is in the Bible? Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, what does it say about temptation? You can't stop the devil from being the devil. He's the devil. Temptation will always be there. But you know what he says? He says, you just simply pray, Father, don't lead us into what I see don't lead me into temptation. Now watch this. The greatest revelation in all of scripture can always be found in the tension of two seemingly opposite thoughts. For instance, the Bible, okay, here we go. The Bible says, God, James 1, cannot be what? Tempted with what? Sin. Neither will he tempt anybody else with it. God said, I ain't gonna tempt you with something that I can't be tempted with. I ain't going to do that. That's not, that's not what God does. It says plainly, God will not be tempted with sin. Now, who was Jesus? Here's Jesus in the wilderness. And the Bible specifically says, Jesus was what? Oh, I didn't say that. That is in the Bible. So you got this thought, God who can't be tempted with sin. And then you got Jesus in the wilderness being tempted with sin. And you got Paul one day who would write, Matthew, that you're dead to sin. What was Jesus doing in the wilderness? Now, we have three temptations that we knew he underwent. But Satan had 40 days. I promise you there was at least one a day, if not more. But we got the three big ones. If it was me and I know I had 40 days to slip you up, I'm not going to try three times. I'm going to throw everything at you, including the kitchen cabinet, and when it falls and hits the ground, I'm going to throw it again. Every day, you can best believe something is coming at the Christ. Something is coming at the Christ. Something is coming at the Christ. What was Jesus doing? I believe literally he was taking every temptation known to man because Jesus embodied all of humanity. Listen, because what Jesus underwent, it wasn't just a man undergoing something. It was all of humanity. See yourself in Christ 100% of the time. And he was taking on every temptation that you and I would ever take on. Do you know why? Because he never would let it be that Matthew could say, Jesus, I have this specific temptation, but because you didn't go through it, you can't help me. But he would say, no, 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 no. You have not gone through anything that I didn't first go through. It, was Jesus ever tempted with women? Come on, he was a miracle worker. Walking on water. Yeah. This long hair, anyway. I'm a kid. That guy had better, he probably had better hair than Wes. Where Wes at? Right there. He probably had better hair than Wes. <laughs> Calling money out of fish's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Common storms? Common storms? multiplying fish and bread? What do you think? Oh, y'all heard about that new evangelist that's in town? They said he was from Nazareth, girl. I don't know where he's from. You know what I heard, Teresia? He's single. Who's his mama in them? Joseph and Mary? Got sisters and brothers, too? You know, he got a business? Really, girl? Who was he? He's a carpenter. Ooh. My God. My God. Was he tempted? And the Bible would go on to say of Jesus that he was tempted in all ways, like you and I, yet without sin. He was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. Yet yeah, what about substance abuse? Yet without sin. What about money and power? Yet without sin. What about promotion and influence? Yet without sin. And not only was he tempted with one sin at a time, he bore all of your temptations at one time and your temptations for all of humanity, past, present, and future, and still yet without sin. And you tell me the gospel doesn't move you. And the secret to this for Jesus, it says, Paul wrote, he reckoned himself to be dead indeed to sin, but watch this, but alive to God. It's not enough to know I'm dead to sin. You have to see yourself as being, but I'm alive to you. You can't say no to this without saying yes to something else. No to sin, but yes to God. Paul would write in Romans 6, 12, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Therefore, what do you mean therefore? Now, therefore, that you understand that you will bear with Christ through baptism. Now, therefore, that you understand that you were raised with him through the glory of the Father and you will live a resurrected new life. Now, therefore, when you know that you've been united in his death by way of baptism. Now, therefore, when you recognize that you're dead to sin, now, therefore, when you can reckon to yourself that sin no longer has dominion over Christ, so it shall no longer have dominion over me, now, therefore, when you recognize that you're dead to sin and that you can live alive to God, now, therefore, do not let sin reign, not R-A-I-N like raindrops, R-E-I-G-N like a king reigning. Do not let sin reign over your life. in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Sin loves to work through lust. I'll make you desire something. Watch what he says, verse 13. Do not present the members of your body as instruments of unrighteousness now to sin. That's what he says. But present them to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness of God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Can I, can I be honest? It was, not, it was not hard for me to live a life of sin. I was good at it. Ooh, I was good at it. I was good at it. Can I be honest with you? When I was in sin, I actually had fun. <gasps> oh, <what's up? sighs> I'm getting my Bible and I'm leaving. <laughs> if you didn't have sin, if you didn't have fun, you did it wrong. I'm not saying listen, I'm not saying the consequences were fun. But in the middle of it, I thought I was having fun. Even the Bible says, and the pleasures of sin. It's pleasurable, but, but watch this. It's short-lived. It says the pleasures of sin are but for a moment. I had fun, it was easy. You know how easy it was for me to do something wrong? You know what I did, biblically, scripturally? He says, how hard was it for you to commit sin? You simply gave your members over to it, and you did it. I wanted to sleep around, I did it. I wanted to rebel against all authority, I did it. I wanted to compare myself amongst myself, I did it. I wanted to lie, I did it. I did it, I did it, I did it, it was easy. How hard is it to live for God? I, get, I always get amazed when people say, well, it's hard to live for God. If it's hard, you're doing something wrong. You're trying, you're trying to do it through your own willpower. He says the same way you gave the members of your body to be instruments of unrighteousness, watch this, now the same way give the members of your body, watch this, to be instruments of righteousness to God. Yes. What? 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 And do you know what? Can that guitar, can this instrument play itself? Come on, by the way, Taylor. Can this instrument play itself? Can this instrument play itself? I know what it's like for Jesus to take my life. I'm I'm sorry. I know what it's like for Satan to take my life and play a tune. Because I gave the instrument of my body to him, and he played his song through it. I want to submit to you, an instrument can't play itself. Paul said... Give your body, give the members of your body to God and let him show you what kind of song an instrument of righteousness can actually produce. You know, who, you know who's writing this? You know who's writing this? This is Saul of Tarsus. This guy went around killing Christians. This was the ISIS of his day. What if I told you I got a guest speaker next week? Kills Christians, been locked up and got out, been beat, It's gonna be the guest speaker next week. If you read his resume, you probably wouldn't wanna listen to him, but this is a guy, that knew what it was like. Now, the the most religious of his day. And he's writing these people about yielding your life as an instrument of righteousness to God. If anybody knew how strong a grip the law could have on your life, it was this guy. And now he's telling pagans, "You you don't have to let sin play you like an instrument, let God do it. What does it say to the world, man? Like you were addicted to this thing, but God says, now you're not because I'm playing through you. So I can take a Matthew louder. God says, give me your life as an instrument of righteousness and let me play through you. Let me play through you. And I'm using this for illustration's sake. I do understand that that word instrument there doesn't mean what I'm making it to be, but I want you to understand the beauty that God can take a broken life and he can play righteousness through you. Paul said, I was a murderer and he saved me. Peter was a cussing, fussing fisherman and he saved me. Denied Jesus and Jesus still said, I'm using you. Huh? The father of our faith lied on multiple occasions about his wife. The father of our faith. David was a peeping David. Not a Tom. And God used him. What was the cross-eyed lady in the Bible's name? She was ugly, and God used her too. I'm just telling you, it was just great. Just great. I'm joking. I'm I'm joking. Y'all just anyway. She's in the Bible. You know what Paul would go on the right as he ends this part of his epistle? I'm not a Roman seven man, I'm a Roman six man. He would say to the people living up under the law, he said this, Matt, he said, oh, wretched man that I am. (laughs) He saw himself as wretched. Oh, wretched man that I am. He said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And from Romans 7 into Romans 8, he wrote this. For there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but live according to the Spirit. You know what he was going to say? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through for what the law could not do in that it was weak through flesh. God did it by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That's union. God said, I see you struggling, trying to live for me. I see you struggling under the law. Try, you're trying to be righteous and you're trying to yield your members to me under law, but you can't do it because law doesn't allow you to do it because you're gonna do good for a little while, but eventually you're gonna miss it at least once. And if you break one law under the law, you're guilty of them what? all? I see you struggling. What the law could not do in that it was weak through flesh. The author himself said, I wrote it. Let me go down and fulfill what I wrote because my kids can't. (laughs) Because my kids don't have my spirit in them. So the one who wrote it, the author of the law comes down and becomes like the one struggling up under the law. And he lived for 33 and a half years up under the law that he gave them at Sinai. And when he had completely fulfilled the law, didn't do away with it, he fulfilled it. And then he ushered in this new reign that we're, that we're living in right now. It's called the reign of grace and what the law could not do, and that it was weak through flesh. The scripture says God did, Romans 8 and 3, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And when they nailed Jesus on the cross, you know what I saw last night, Matthew, when they nailed him on the cross? You nail something to make it sure so it doesn't move. You want it to stay there forever. Man, when they were nailing him on the cross, he was saying, I want this to be a sign for all of eternity that you're taking a man who is perfectly God and yet perfectly man. <laughs> and the union is happening on this tree because you're netting me to them and you're never them to me. And this thing will never, ever be moved. And I'm telling you, the only man-made things in heaven right now are the scars of Jesus, but he chooses to have them. And he doesn't wear them like a badge of dishonor. They're a sign of honor. Even in eternity, he'll have nails in his hand. And you and I were united with him in the likeness of his death so that when that stone will be rolled away, we can be united with him in the likeness of his life. Stand to your feet man can you just give god thanks for a moment in your own way i hear this in my my oh my god my spirit is singing right now about the gospel. Right now in this room, if you've been struggling, trying to live for Jesus, I want you to know something. The way to really live for Jesus isn't by you trying. It's by you actually surrendering. And through your surrender, through your yielding, you say, God, I'm no longer trying to live for you. I trust what Jesus did so that I can live for you. I tried and I failed. I dedicated my life and rededicated my life. And then I would come and rededicate my life for the time that I rededicated my life and didn't live rededicated. And I did it over and over and over. And I answered altar call trying to redo and do something better than what Jesus did on the cross. And he's like, Joshua, quit trying. See union now. And I can hear, I believe it's that John. Is it John Legend where he says all of me I love all of you. All your curves and all your edges. You know what? All of your perfect imperfections. Because when you and I got into Jesus, I'm done. Our insecurities got in him too. And I love you all. I pray. I'm going to throw this platform at you. Taylor, if you don't stop. boy. (laughs) My goodness. Listen, listen. I hear your heart, Papa. I hear your heart, Papa. All of me. I hear your heart, Papa. All of me. I hear your heart, Papa. For the people in our cities, I hear your heart, Papa. Oh, that we would see him consuming our brokenness. I hear your heart, Papa. That you're not embarrassed by us. I hear your heart, Papa. I hear your heart, Papa. I hear your heart, Papa. I hear your heart, Abba. I'll never see the cross the same, Jesus. I hear your heart, Abba. I say that you did it for me, Papa. I say that you did it for me, Jesus. You did it for me, and you gladly did it for me. You did it for me, Jesus. And who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord being revealed? for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him so that with his stripes we could be healed and we hid as it were our faces from him he was smitten before God he would gladly do it and he gladly did it and he was like a lamb before it shearers dumb who chose not to open his mouth but this was the pathway to kingship. You did it for us. 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 And you did it for me. And I'll stand 10,000 years from now and I'll still say he did it for me. And it'll be true a million years from now. I'll say he did it for me. And if God should allow a billion years from now, we'll stand somewhere on the shores of eternity and we'll say he did it for us. 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 us. This is the gospel. He did it for us. I release forgiveness in this room today release the tsunami of forgiveness. If you've been trying to be forgiven, cease to try. I want you to know something that Jesus said. Whoever sins you retain, they shall be retained. But whoever sins you remit, they shall be remitted. And I release over you right now the remission of your sins. Receive Jesus. Because he's already received you. Receive Jesus now. Receive Jesus now. He's already received you. Receive him now. I release upon you the reconciliation of your sins of his life you to him and him to you receive this now this is the gospel i say to you john 129 behold look to give your gaze to the lamb of god who has taken away the sin of the cosmos see him now i would invite you to behold john 3:16. for yahweh so loved the cosmos that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would just set their gaze upon him and believe in him should never die, but they could receive everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but he sent him that through him. The world might be saved. See your union today. See your union today. I want to leave these altars open today. If you need time to commune with Abba, I want to say these altars are open. I'm going to just ask Taylor to just keep playing for a few moments. And as he plays, if you want to linger and stay, by all means, do so. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to people today. Father, thank you for your kindness through your son. Thank you for Zoe life that flows through Jesus. Thank you for the blessing of union that flows through your son. Thank you for what happened 2,021 years ago on a cross. It's still effective today. And there ain't no mountain you won't climb up. There ain't no shadow you won't light up. There ain't any lie you won't tear down. You'll always keep running after me. Ashley, would you come and sing that for me? Yeah. Yeah. I say this, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And he's done all of this through Jesus. You can- <laughs>
0: Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via cash app at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.